Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of the Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Thirty-seventh episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summers, and I am the host of this lovely show. Back from being off last week, joining with me as always is my good buddy and friend Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing? I am doing great. Um, WWE made me laugh tonight, or NXT 2.0. It's all the same thing, but they made me giggle tonight, and I don't ah. trash them much, but I'm going to go past that to talk about my Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, going to the retirement party, giving Ben Roethlisberger the send-off he deserves is an ass-whooping right down the street. Uh, it's not. It wasn't personal. It's evolution. Mahomes just took him out. Uh, Chiefs career record or Chiefs playoff record, 404 yards passing, five touchdowns, and a dumbass interception that you just got to accept because Mahomes being Mahomes sometimes, he just tries a little too hard. But we had a great NFL game. Now just, now just remember, though, Josh Allen had seven touchdowns. They had, his team had seven touchdowns on seven drives, so now you got to deal with that next week. Yes, we do got to deal with that, and I'm excited to deal with that because I believe Patrick Mahomes and the Chief offense is a little bit of an upgrade from the New England Patriots offense. So, yeah, yeah. but they're deep. But I don't know their defense could be close to the similar, though. I would say. I'm just saying, you know, they score seven touchdowns. We score seven touchdowns. Let's go. 
No, all right, no, let's no, have no, a shootout. No, let's have a shootout. No, I'm I'm really looking forward to the game. Uh, like I do love I love when my team wins, and I know that people that don't care about my care about my team. They just want a good game. This is one of those games. I'm looking forward to it. I think this is this is this could very much be our Brady and uh our Brady and Manning because Mahomes, uh, Allen, both similar amount of years in the NFL. Both MVPs, uh, you know, both pretty much got the weight on teams that weren't too successful before they got there on their shoulders. You know, the Chiefs hadn't won a hadn't won a Super Bowl since the uh, 1969 season, and then you know, Buffalo Bills have never won a Super Bowl. They've been to four, but they've never won a Super Bowl. No, and then they had a long period of success. So you got two diehard football cities with two young gunslinger arms uh they were depending on so it's like and this is like i think the third playoff game so hey i'm looking forward to it i know buffalo's gonna get us eventually i'm just hoping it's not this year yeah bill's mafia versus the red kingdom it's gonna be a hell of a game um and i i I will tell you a little bit of like how i've been doing so i had my 25th birthday on monday so happy birthday yes appreciate it 25 yes much better than 24 um i got to go to the pistons and suns game uh the night before which was a blowout game and also probably the worst officiated nba game i've ever seen in my entire life i have never seen a game where four technical fouls are issued and then like they literally did the nfl level of kicking Cade cunningham out of the game for pointing like it was horrendous but there's a slight story i want to tell about it before we get into the show because uh where we were sitting was right in front of where well right 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 behind where uh Bally Sports Detroit, which is like Fox Sports Detroit, but they rebranded. Uh, they were having one of their anchors doing a stand-up before the game happened, and uh, they those guys eventually left. And then there was just some guys that were just sitting at the table where that those cameras were set up originally, just watching the game there. And I just assumed that they were like crew members or something like that. And eventually, as the end of the second half is going, it, the end of, end of the first half is about to wrap up, I look over to the far right of the table and do a double take because I'm like, hang on a second. And I like just look for a little bit longer, and I just say to myself, "That's fucking Ben Wallace." I was like, "That is Big Ben himself." And sure enough, this man gets up eventually, walks down, and people see him, and I'm like, "That's fucking Ben Wallace." And he just he waved everybody. Everyone was super cool to him. Uh, one guy had the cojones to ask for an autograph and a picture. Uh, at the end of the game, he was very kind enough to do it, but no one else was like going to harp on him to try to open the floodgates and like make him take pictures and sign autographs with everybody. But just being able to say I sat behind Ben Wallace for that game was one of the coolest things. And also, again, the officiating was so horrendous that it was just quite hysterical, honestly, at the point. Um, and I also saw a drunk Cade Cunningham fan get so angry that uh, his wife or girlfriend looked unbelievably miserable miserable to the point where she was going to drink herself into alcohol poisoning, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so it was a wild, interesting night. It was a lot of fun, though. I love how polite and mature you are because if I was with you, I was screaming, hey, Ben, it's my boy's birthday. Can he get a picture? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, seriously, I did that for Tiffany on her birthday, and uh, that's how we got the picture with Tony Khan. Solid. Yeah, he See, was like, I, if it, far, if it was like, 
I got, I got nothing. I got nothing but love for Ben Wallace. If it was Rip Hamilton, I would have been a. It would have been a completely different story. Rip has always been my favorite player. Ben left for Chicago at one point, so I couldn't. It was there's still a little bit of my soul where I felt hurt when he did that, but I still love Ben so much. But yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't bother. Yeah, I would have bothered the shit out of him, hey, dude. <laughs> Dude, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. If it wasn't your birthday, let's just say it was like April April 2nd or something, last game of the season. I just left the man alone. But it was your 25th birthday. Get a picture. Yeah, well, Get a yeah, picture. Well, the Pistons were getting blown out by Devin Booker. Exactly. Devin Booker. Exactly. You have to watch your team get their ass kicked on your birthday. You can at least get a picture for Ben Wallace. That's all good. <laughs> no, but. no, no, no. I don't not saying he did anything wrong. It's, no, no, no. You yeah, know, yeah. I was just like, I would have been that guy. I'm like, sure, yeah, of course. Come over here. <laughs> Which, yeah. And also, I gotta say, Devin Booker is quite honestly one of the most insane players I've ever seen. I cannot believe how good that dude is. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, everybody kept calling him Kobe, and he's like, I'm not Kobe. He's like, I'm well, I, look, I, every, he didn't miss a single fadeaway shot in that game. I swear to God. So I, I, I could, I didn't believe in the Kobe uh, comparisons either. I was like, I was kind of on his side, but then I saw the shots he was making. I was like, I can't fucking, I can't say anything, dude. This dude's insane. It's but, just, it's just like with Kobe, you know. You know, Jordan oh, never gives Cody – he said Kobe was good, but he's like, all he did was steal all my moves. But I'm like, yeah, if you're going to cosplay anybody, cosplay Michael Jordan. Cosplay the best, yeah. <laughs> yes. Cosplay the GOAT, yeah. Yeah, so I was like – Devin's like, hey, if you're going to cosplay, cosplay, you know. Why wouldn't you, you do. Why wouldn't you use their moves? You know they work. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, they've shown that they've worked. Yes, yeah, so no. I, 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 yeah, I, I really love Devin Booker. It's great. I'm enjoying my last – season or three with the uh, king and everybody's like oh he sucks i'm like for me for me personally and this is not a cop out of any way mm-hmm. after he got his fourth ring with la and he has literally won a, a ring with every team that he's been in with i'm good if lebron never wins another ring i'm fine sure. i still think he's mis- um he's still my uh my favorite player you know so I don't know. Hey, it's like it's not good. That's not going to change. But I'm like, let's say he gets five instead of four. It's like, I mean, he's been to like ten championships. I'm like, I mean, that's that's a record on its own. I mean, like no modern player that's the star and the starter has led his team to that many finals. So I'm just like, I'm good. I'm nah. Good. No, I'm like I'm good. No, but uh, yeah. Let's talk about some wrestling. Yeah, let's get into our wrestling talk. But yeah, that's basically how my weekend went. And um, we got a lot to talk about with AEW, of course, this week. Uh, We got some big news to get into immediately uh, to open up the show. But before we get to everything, we want to make sure you guys are continuing to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, you can give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Really does mean the world to us. You can leave a rating and a review, and if you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. The easiest way for you guys to support us, though, is by following us on social media. We are on Twitter at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week is that we have now been confirmed 
that on Dynamite this upcoming Wednesday, or today when you guys are hearing this episode, John Moxley will make his triumphant return to AEW after stepping away for a few, um, yeah, for about a, a couple months uh, because of his battle with uh, uh, going into rehab and trying to f- deal with his uh, alcoholic demons and stuff like that. We are so happy to hear that Moxley's coming back. It is it, it it seeing Eddie walking around and stuff like that. We love Eddie, and I love Eddie to death. Seeing him without Moxley is kind of weird, but just seeing Moxley not in AEW for a long period of time feels weird. He's such a key part of this company that it's like it just feels weird when he's not here. I am so glad that he's doing well enough that he's able to come back. It's just going to be amazing to see him again. Yes. Um... Let me. I was talking to a group of friends, and uh, I was talking to a group of friends, and we were just going back and forth on, you know, how we prefer our wrestlers and stuff. And you know, I have to give it to Moxley. Moxley's not my favorite. He's never been my favorite. I actually have a Mox shirt from when he won the title, but uh, that's pretty much the extent of my Moxness. Um, Mox is one of those people. I do think he like w- what he brings to the show was missing a little bit. I think Brian Danielson did a great job. And I mean, a great job of, uh, care picking up that slack, that attitude, that intensity, that world title is the most important thing. That's the reason I'm here. Attitude that Moxley brings, Mm -hmm. but Moxley brings it to a whole nother level. And his stuff with, uh, Kingston is always magic, but he's always intense. He's always angry. And I'm glad he he got well the help he needed, you know, before apparently it got too out of hand. Uh, he got the help he needed, and he is back to a place where he feel like he can wrestle. I am sincerely happy about that. So I am I am very happy that Mox is coming back. It does stink that it, it, it couldn't have been a surprise. Because GCW announced that he was coming back Sunday, so they pretty much kind of spoiled that he was coming back Wednesday. Right? Uh, Yeah, it's like there's, and you know what? I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody at GCW. They got to do what they do. Uh, A lot of my friends are big fans of GCW, but it's like you're already sold out. You couldn't wait till like Thursday to announce it. It's like it's not like you sold any more tickets. You know, you were sold out. So let them do the surprise, come back in Washington D.C., and then. It's like, hey, Mox will be here on Sunday, you know that kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't know how it worked out. It might been they. It might have been announced and done exactly the way they wanted to. I am an outsider looking in, but as the fan in me, like if you know, you got this moment when someone's in the ring and or, or Tony Khan's like, we got a big surprise for you to start the show, and they be like, John, you know, Moxley kind of thing. Yeah. It's just been a big ass pop you know oh yeah i mean he's still gonna get a huge pop man no welcome question. back and all that kind of stuff and i love to see the direction because brian danielson was basically him that was no, supposed yeah. to be his spot so i definitely want to see where they go going forward and who he goes after or maybe he goes after the other person coming back this week but we will talk about that later Yes, we will get into that whole thing very shortly. But we'll get into AEW Dynamite for January 12, 2022, taking place in Raleigh, North Carolina at the PNC Arena. And the show opened with 
Adam Cole, baby, coming out with Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. We got story time with Adam Cole to open up AEW Dynamite for this week. He talked about how 2021 was a great year for this group, and 2022 is going to be even better. He's like, let me remind you guys, I haven't been beaten, I haven't been pinned, I haven't been submitted. Not only that, the boys are back together. We got Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, the baddest team on God's green earth, and then that's when the Young Bucks, Young Bucks come out with Brandon Cutler, basically being like, yo, thanks for the invite. We appreciate that. And also, look, it's all cool that you guys are together and all that. But listen, this is our company. We're the longest reigning tag champions in this company's history. And our New Year's resolution is to get those belt backs, those tag belts back. And O'Reilly's like, that's crazy because we got the same resolution. And Bobby Fish was like, look, not a single team is going to get in our way from getting those. And that includes you and you. And Adam Cole's like, this is the greatest. It's friendly competition. That's what makes us the best. And he also had a little Undisputed Era reference when he said it's going to be a completely new era. And as they're talking, it's like, because we'll be any team. Like It's like it's like best friends. We're the best faction in this company. The best friends is not even close. And that's when best friends come out with Orange Cassidy leading the charge. Adam Cole is just going yeah, mocking Orange Cassidy again until Orange Cassidy takes him down and it just becomes an all-out brawl with best friends and Red Dra- Red Dragon, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks. And eventually Chris Statlander starts to get in the way of Adam Cole after a low blow to Orange Cassidy. But that's when Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, blindsides Chris Statlander, curb stomps her, and then as they're getting ready to do uh, the Young Bucks kissing the cheeks of Adam Cole, instead it's Miss Britt Baker coming in and taking the kiss. First time we've seen them, like, interact. Like, we've seen, we've heard the, uh, Adam talk about Britt before, but we haven't seen them interact on AEW television. So seeing that was quite amazing. And, yeah, it just, it's, it's just nice to see it acknowledged, honestly, because, I mean, like, hell, we're already getting an acknowledgement of wrestler relationships with uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. So might as well have the champ and Adam Cole just be like, yeah, by the way, yeah, this is still a thing. Dude, this first segment, uh, I was higher on this show than everybody else, and it wasn't just me trying to be, uh, you know, my homer and positive self. I thought this first segment was incredible. Oh, it's and, dope. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was just as good as having an opening first match. I do want them to get back to the having the ultimate first match. I like, you know, that amazing wrestling match. But it ended up, like, with the breakdown, it's kind of like you got a match. You know, there was no winner and loser, but it was kind of right. like you got the interaction of a match. And I love the whole Britt Baker thing. And, you know, I act. You know, I, you know, anytime someone accuses Tony and all of them of being petty, I'm like, no, they're not petty. They're amazing. Yeah, but putting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, putting on a, a mixed tag match that seemingly came out of nowhere the week before the WWE puts on a big mixed tags match at Royal Rumble. I, you can tell me, you can tell me, your boy, the truth, but. If we got to keep the company line that we just, they just booked the show the way it comes. Okay. We'll keep that company line, but come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. But come on. Wink, not nah, <laughs> wink, nudge, wink, nudge, you know? Yeah. They're going to, they're going to put on a women's match in a, a, a mixed tag match. That's going to blow anything that WWE can do out of water. And they're doing it on purpose. 
in my no opinion. Question. If you want to come back and tell me I'm wrong, okay, cool. I'm a fan. Just speculate. No, yeah. But come on, you know. Look, we know these companies are petty towards each other. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's been like... it's been a it's been a concrete fact this fact this whole time. But no, yeah, this segment was <laughs> a ton of fun. Anytime you open with Adam Colbebe and his his bunch of friends that are all coming out with young bucks and then you get the super click re- reigniting and then of course you got undisputed era re- together and stuff like that this whole thing i just enjoy um and it again like we're not used to dynamite kicking off with like these uh like, a talking segment that was a talking yeah, segment yeah and it's it's not what we're used to but like every once in a while when it's with people that we care about i am completely fine if you kick that off like it's like when we had the kick opening segment with the celebration for when uh, Hangman won the title and then uh, Dan- Brian Danielson came out and then they were just going at each other. That was a great opening segment. So, like, they can do ta- good, like, promo opening segments, um, though we do enjoy it more so when we uh, get consistently, like, an opening match that just blows us fucking away. And the last thing we mo- got to say before we move on, this tag team division. Oh, my oh, God, God, dude. Oh, no. my God. Like seriously, like you're teasing Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. Like, don't even try to say shit like that. Yeah, you're teaching teasing Red Dragon, and just look at everybody else they have. It's just like they had the best friends come out. That's when it's Chucky and uh, Trent. They can be one of the better tag teams in the world. You got FTR. You got. Uh, yeah, you, Jurassic Express, the Jurassic, the Lucha Bros. They're, they're the champs. Lucha Bros down right now, but they're on the way back. You got the Butcher and the Blade, who's kind of considered a second tier tag team, which would probably Private be Party. Fe- featured anywhere else in the world. Private Party. It's like teams are going to get lost in the shuffle because of how good. And we tease another tag team later on in the show. So let's go ahead and jump on to the next segment so we can get to the other part because I'm going to geek out at that part too. Yeah, and it's fine. It's because yeah. it's, it's time for it's time for me to geek out because it's my annual CM Punk talk. Uh, we had CM Punk taking on the War Dog Wardlow. I wasn't here last week to talk about the segment of uh, MJF getting uh, a DQ loss because of CM Punk, and then uh, MJF, of course, running like a scalded dog and sending Wardlow to do his bidding. Um, so Wardlow was coming in off 18 wins in a row and punk is still undefeated. One of these two, we're going to have to break free. Um, and punk was holding his own for a little bit, but eventually just power bomb after power bomb after power bomb. And Wardlow was about to finish off the match until immediately afterwards. Uh, MJF was like, do not fucking stop. You are going to keep power bombing him until I tell you to stop. And he does it again and again and again. Eventually, MJF take, clears off the timekeeper's table and tells him to powerbomb him through the table. They do, and they're just about to uh, do the uh, 10 count, but Punk is somehow able to make it back in. MJF is like, do it one more. Keep fucking powerbombing him until he can't move. And then small package roll up. CM Punk is still undefeated. Wardlow loses because of MJF's and... We this was the closest we got to Wardlow finally turning on MJF. We were so close, but goddamn fucking Sean Spears had to go and ruin it by getting in the way. We were so close to seeing him get it, but we just they're teasing it so hard, dude. But it, when it happens, it's gonna be incredible. And I'll talk more about Wardlow too when it comes to Rampage. But this is a like again classic David Goliath sort of thing where Punk had a good amount of offense, honestly, because again he like earlier in the match. 
he was able to uh, just really work some stiff kicks on him, uh, and he was able to uh, just kind of avoid avoid uh, avoid contact for a while, and like got a, a cl- springboard clothesline, was able to do stuff, uh, and even flipped off MJF at one point. Uh, but then eventually, yeah, just kept getting power bombed to the point where like he could, like he was he was fucked. Uh, until of course MJF blew it for him, which of course would be the case because listen, if you if you follow MJF, like that he may say the pinnacle is always on top, but like I don't know about that. Like, look, I don't know. It doesn't seem like your boys are doing much right now. So that is that is what it is. CM Punk is still the greatest, and uh, he's gonna kick Sean Spears's ass, n- ass next week, and then eventually he'll get MJF, and then it's gonna be the glorious death of MJF when CM Punk beats the shit out of him. I'll just say this: God, Lord, CM Punk, I want to give you all the hugs and all. He said yeah. when he came back that he came back to put over the younger talent. That's what he said. He wanted to get the younger talent a spotlight and make it bright. Oh, my God. This was basically, like, after about two minutes, it was basically Brody Lee versus Cody. No, seriously. Like, Punk got a little bit of offense, like, early in the match, and then it just became like, oh, he's dead. He's dead. He just powerbombed. Who takes seven powerbombs? I'm just like, four. Yeah, Punk Punk is taking seven powerbombs by this beast. Yes. Two or three would have got the message across. Four. At the most, seven was excessive, and it just shows how dedicated to his craft. Because you know Punk's running the show, you know, 20-something-year veteran. He's running the show about what goes on in that ring. And he's like, powerbomb me again, powerbomb me again. Amazing, great segment, great storytelling. Man, great storytelling. And, and like, and you know, the, the kid in me that wants to look too far into the storyline, Warlow didn't kick out on purpose. Warlow could have kicked out. He's like, dude, I don't want to powerbomb that dude again. So the only way this is going to end is if I don't kick out. <laughs> and then he didn't, you know. Right. It, it's not like he was tired or exhausted or gotten beat up. He's just like, I didn't kick out. And then he's like, okay, I can blame Max. And he goes over there and Sean Spears, the accountability buddy, says, come on, big beast. Come on, big beast. But that moment when Sean Spears steps in between him and catches that clothesline, oh, that's going to be a beautiful moment. I, and believe me, I love Sean Spears. I am higher on Sean Spears than pretty oh, much yeah. anybody on this earth. I love but, Sean. Yes, and you should all go to Pro Wrestling Tees and buy his uh, beanie because I, I, I just think the chairman logo is so cool. It's, yeah, no, he's, he's he's got one of the ones where it's like it works so well on a beanie, yeah. Yes, and it's just like funny. It's funny because his logo, his music, his entrance. I love it, his music. It, it, it's so much. It's slighted for somebody kind of higher on the totem pole than him, but it makes him look so cool. And I, I love it. And I love that his chairman logo looks like a bastardized version of the Nightmare logo. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I hate Cody that much. Like, the storyline is still there. I Like I said, I loved everything about this segment. Again, I was much, if you're on this show and you just, you're like, man, I thought this show sucked. I was much higher on this show than everybody else. I just thought it hit the perfect tone. I thought it was, like, just a show, but I thought it uh, it told the stories that it needed to. Yeah, no question about it. And again, like, it, like, I, I'll still talk about it when we talk Rampage this week. Like, Wardlow is getting so over, like, with the stuff like this. 
And he's going to do such great things when he finally breaks off from MJF, like truly. And Absolutely. like, if Absolutely. if you're if you're if you're concerned about like, oh, AEW only pushes like the high flying like indie darling like super kick everything flying all over the place. No, Wardlow is going to make some fucking moves. So, we then move over to Dante Martin taking on Powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz. Dante continuing to deal with. All this shit with Team Taz. Um, and this was a pretty solid match. Um, there was a lot of good uh, work from Hobbs showcasing his his strength with the vertical suplex and then just slamming him down twice. Um, Dante just flying all over the place like he does. Uh, and then the other thing, too, like when Dante got thrown into the turnbuckles and he flew out of the ring, like that was that was a crazy spot. Uh, yeah, Hobbs really did a ton of work on, uh, Dante, but, uh, eventually, uh, he, uh, collides with, uh, Dante Martin. Uh, Hobbs can't do anything to capitalize on it, and then that's when Ricky Starks tries to get Dante with a cheap shot, but then Jay Lethal shows up, stops him from doing anything, and that's when Dante's able to get, uh, the nosebleed win finisher, get the win, pin powerhouse Hobbs. So now Jay Lethal has all of a sudden made himself uh, a factor in this, which is pretty sick because I think Ricky Starks versus Jay Lethal would be a hell of a match. And also, even if we just get like uh, if we get Dante teaming up with Jay Lethal for some reason, I think that'd be cool, too. Um, I will I will kind of bring this thought up to you, Floyd, um, and you can you can go with this if you want. But it's just a thought, like something I kind of got. I, I saw it's a face value, like just kind of observation. Um, how this is kind of like the the black storyline because we got all of Team Taz, Dante Martin, and now Jay Lethal is in involved in this. So it's like the black storyline in AEW. Like. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I do want to say this, and this is my, you might have heard this somewhere else. I don't know. I would have liked this match, the Warlow match, an MJ Mel match. You know, I would like there to have been a match or something before it because the working in the match was very, very. It was, an, yeah, no, it was another, it was similar. another similar, similar style of match. Yeah. yeah and and they, even how they won kind of the roll up thing, it was just kind of like, Okay, yeah, and, and it, it, it's I don't have a problem with it because it's not like they do a hundred matches like this. But the fact that it was this match and then this match right after, it it, it made it, it like I feel like Powerhouse Hobbs didn't look as impressive because you had just saw Wardlow do it. You know, yeah, what I mean? they they could have taken <laughs> the acclaimed versus uh, Bear Country match and thrown it in the middle. Yeah, and then come back with it. So no, uh, I did, and this is kind of the black storyline. It's just a bunch of African Americans out there, uh, and it's like, and they kind of interchanged one because Leo was coming out with Martin. Oh, okay. yeah, Leo was there at yeah, one point. Yeah, yeah Jay Lethal. No one will notice. You know, no big deal. No, I, I am really looking forward to it. Uh, Jay Lethal's an amazing wrestler, so. Uh, if you want to do a little mini faction with Martin, the two Martins, because the other Martin's going to come back eventually, uh, Lethal and Leo Rush, come on, come on, sign, sign me up. That'd be pretty sick. S- sign me up. That's some good wrestling right there. Uh, or, you know, just, they might have like a, oh, we just kind of hang out when we need to. But of course, Team Taz is great. Uh, you know, you know, you know the problem with Martin. I love you, Martin. 
But if you piss off Team Taz, you know what they're going to do. They're going to send Hook. They're going to send, send Hook. Hook. And, and you're going to get beat up. And it's going to be like, I'm sorry. You know, that's just kind of what happens when they send Hook. So, no. Uh, yeah. You see Hook kind of hangs back. He doesn't uh, get involved with this. You know, he doesn't. Uh, he's, he's just like, I'm Hook. I'm chilling. I'm sitting back here eating my chips. Yep. Let's go. Let's just go. Yeah. But. Moving into uh, next, we had a backstage interview with Chris Jericho in the Inner Circle, and Eddie Kingston hops out there, basically saying that you're preventing Santana and Ortiz from being uh, uh, champions. And Jericho was like, look, these are my friends. Mind your business. Uh, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz, they end up walking away. Jericho tells Kingston, like, listen, if 2.0 interfere in Sammy's match, I'm coming for you. Like... Like, if you or Kingston, if you or 2.0 interfere in the match uh, that Sammy has tonight, I will come for you. No question about it. So it gives a little threat right there to Eddie Kingston before that match. We then moved into another split uh, backstage thing where uh, MJF is screaming how this was a fluke, but you're going to take your first L next week when you face Sean Spears. No, he's not. Shut the fuck up. And we'll move on from that. But then we get into uh, this segment, which was uh, the AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Page, after defending his title in another massively great match against da- Brian Danielson, uh, talked about how he spent 90 minutes in the ring for the last two months against one of the best in the world, poured sweat, spilled enough blood to fo- float a battleship for this title, but it's still mine. Uh, 90 minutes isn't enough. It's a new year. Records have reset. I need a new challenger. And that's when Dan Lambert comes out screaming about, like, the thing I respect the most about you is that you don't you didn't politic like Cody Rhodes did. You earned everything except your persona, because the guy in the village people can put on a cowboy hat, but that doesn't make him a cowboy. It's like, stop disrespecting the legacies of the Dick Murdochs or the Blackjack Mulligans. You're full. You're just full of cowboy shit. I'm sure Floyd had a lot to think about those uh, mentions of Dick Murdoch's or Blackjack Mulligans, though, with like lines like those. I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, Dick Murdoch with the Brain Buster, one of my favorites, and uh, Blackjack and all those, uh, the, the Blackjacks. So it was just cool. I like Dan because, you know, you know, it's so weird. I'm closer to his age than I am to your age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's talking about people I grew up, like, the very young watching, but these were, like, the first names that I knew in wrestling. Like, I'm talking four and five years old, like, the first names that I remember in wrestling. So when he brings them up, it's kind of it's kind of cool that they get remembered that way. Absolutely, and they're, they're legends for a reason. Um, and Hangman's like, look, you can bring Scorpio or you can bring Ethan. I'll kick their ass. But why don't you come in this ring and I'll shove these size 12 boots up your ass? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. He starts backing away. And Lance Archer, who was taken out by American Top Team, flies down to the ring with a steel with a chair. Not with a chair. No, he just comes down to the ring and he's just about to beat the shit out of Dan Lambert, it looks like. But he takes out Hangman instead takes him out with a steel chair, and then hits him with the blackout slam. They're throwing him onto the chair. So Lance Archer has returned, and he has set his sights on Hangman Adam Page. And 
quite honestly, this is intriguing. This is not a match that I would have thought we would have seen Hangman defend the title against. But you know what? It's intriguing, and I think it invo- it's going to give us a nice little different dynamic than what we had with Danielson and Hangman. But it's good to see Lance back. It's really good to see Lance back. And and this is a different uh, – it's someone legit bigger than the Hangman. You know what yeah. I mean? Kenny, who he beat, smaller guy. Brian Danielson, smaller guy. Lance, the murder hawk, what? Monster. <laughs> so you got to deal with a monster that is ready to destroy you in every single way possible. I am looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to Lance. You know, his things, everybody dies. He's not heel. He's not face. He will, anybody can get it. And I love that. That's his, like, that's his gimmick. It's, I'm not either one. Like, people get so mad when Cody says he's not a heel or a face. Like, this is something that's never been done. What is Lance Archer? No, he's, he's the same the, thing. He's literally fought everybody. Like, his gang, everybody dies. He's been in wars with Aiden Kingston. He's been in wars with John Moxley. He's been in wars with both sides, and he doesn't care because, yeah, everybody dies. So I am looking forward to this uh, feud going forward. I as well. I'm very excited for that as well. We then moved on to Tony Schiavone interviewing Arn and Brock Anderson, as well as Lee Johnson. And Arn was talking about how they were in horseman country since they were in the Carolinas. But that's when Tully Blanchard and FTR come out, and they challenged Brock and Lee Johnson to a match, and they accepted. So we're going to get FTR versus Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson next week on, I believe, Dynamite. And Floyd, I want to get your thoughts on this announcement at least. I am, hmm, if it leads to uh, the Briscoe brothers showing up, great. Or if it leads to something else. I love, I think Lee Johnson's great. I, I, I with Brock, I love Brock. I, you know, I'm planning on rooting for him for many years. I don't really think he's ready yet. So, I mean, just, Fair. just me, when I, when I watch him, that's what I get. You know, if. Someone agrees with me, I can I can live with it. I can live with you agreeing with me. But that's what I see when I watch him wrestle that, you know, maybe he ain't ready yet. But uh, I'm looking forward to this match because I think FTR, best tag team in the world, they can, can put everything through. But, man, I just like, in my belly, I just feel like the Briscoe things is going to happen. I feel like they're that's, building. That's the thing. The thing is, like, I, th- I feel like that's the one thing that people are just like, oh, my God, just fucking they're building give that. It, they're building it up too much online. Maybe they're just trying to force Tony's hand, but it's just it's just there. You know what I mean? All right. the time. You know, it's all the time it's there. No, I, I, I can't. I can't imagine that that doesn't get somewhere. And like it's it's got it at this point because they've just been going on and on about it. It's like fucking do it already. Like just get these guys yes. in the ring in an AEW ring or just find a way to get FTR involved with them. Just do something. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I'm I'm with you 100. percent But moving on, we had Hikaru Shida once again facing off against Serena Deeb. But right before the match started, Serena Deeb. Blindside Takara Shida clipping at her knee and then proceeds to take the kendo stick that Shida walks out with, smacks her with her, drops uh, Shida's knee onto the steel steps, and then just starts going after her. And if it just basically, 
the match was getting so fucked up because of how the ref, the how uh, Sheeta got jumped, that the ref had to stop the match because Sheeta like could not stand on both legs because her her she got dragon screwed. She just got her like again the kendo stick and the knee on the steel steps, uh, and just kept getting worked on to the point where Paul Turner called the match off, and then they had to check on Sheeta until eventually Serena Deep once again got back in the ring and took the kendo stick and broke it over Sheeta. Deeb is a fucking... I love Serena Deeb so much. I like... This has such... Like, I love this feud. I love Sheeta. I love Deeb. These two girls have done such great work. And I swore that we'd be... I thought this feud was over with, but apparently not because Serena Deeb is not done fucking with... Like, messing with Sheeta because... These these two are like at a like it's one of my favorite feuds in a, in AEW right now. I genuinely really love this feud. So this this was a again a different type of match that we don't see in AEW ton where it's just like story based like ref stoppage. That's interesting, honestly. And it, the way that it was presented, I thought was done really well. And Serena is just such a vicious heel. I love it. Uh, so yeah, this was a great mo- match. Yeah, um, Serena Deeb. They went a different way with it, and I know a lot of people's like, "Oh, the women only got that much this time, much time." I get it, but yeah, it was story based, though. Yeah, yes, that's exactly what I was gonna get to. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It's just, it, it people get so mad that it's you know, it's like it's building to something else. They are building Serena Deeb up for something right now. She's Hikaru Shida, uh went uh went back to Japan. And it was just like, so basically this was her write-off, so it made completely sense. And now Sheeta has a scalp. And now she can go you know, either maybe Ty or Anna Jay or one of the other faces just proving her whole gimmick is that I'm just the best wrestler in the world. You know, I don't need a title. I'm the best wrestler in the world. And it's just like, it's going to build to so much more. And it's just like, I know, I know. Doesn't look good when you look at, you if you're a stopwatch person. But if you talk about the storyline and moving forward for the women's division, this was like so hugely important because she could go after Brit. She could go after Jade, you know, she could go after one of the other faces. There's so many different directions. Serena deep can go. Yeah, no question. Again, I, I, I understand. I understand the whole like, oh, they didn't get enough time. Like, yeah, but like, but this is the match that we have seen multiple times though. So it's like, I get that, like, yeah, they didn't give him a lot of time. It would have been a lot more different if, like, say it was a match that we hadn't seen before and they just gave them, like, a few minutes. But, like, th- we had seen Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shido wrestle, like, three times at this point, I'm pretty sure. And this was going to be, I'm pretty sure, the fourth match. So it's not like it was a situation where they took something that we were really looking forward to and they gave us, like, no time to enjoy it. This was a match that, like, we were like, oh, we're getting this again? Okay, but I would like to see them do something different with it. And they did. They did a story element of it where it was a completely different uh, scenario than the other matches that they've had. And also it was a story reason to get Sheeta off of TV. Um, And people still got mad about it, apparently. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want? What do you want? It's like, you just just want to complain? Because that's all you're doing. Because this... 
did what it wanted to do, and it was a different element of what we've seen in this feud. And, and Britt was featured. Britt and Chris were featured in another segment. Yeah, and, and they're going to be the main event of the show this week. Exactly. So, can we please chill? Like, like we can't. We cannot. This isn't a situation where, like, after one week, we put a name. It's like, oh, like they don't care about their women wrestlers. They only had like four minutes. It's like. This was one match that was a completely different element than everything else that has happened on the show. Yes, I am. I'm one of those people. You know, I've we've we've both called it not good looks when they've had absolutely they've done nothing with women's wrestling on the show. But this was, you know, this was moving a building block. It was it was a storyline that had nothing to do with the belts. It was it was important, just like it was a finish, like with Anna and Tay. Versus Penelope, uh, Penelope and uh, the Bunny, it it you know you it had been going on for a while and they finished it. So now we're gonna move, we're gonna see new feuds coming up soon. So I'm ready to see what they have going forward. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, if 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 they're not utilizing the women talent enough, we 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 do talk about it. And this is not a situation. This is this is a scapegoat. If you're trying to use this as like the time the time watch in terms of like just being like oh it was too short and i was like fucking hey anyways we had a backstage interview with christian cage and the new AEW world tag team champions jurassic express and jungle boy was just like look any top five team anytime we want a challenge and that's when john silver and alex reynolds come out asking for a match on rampage which they agreed on so the first title defense of the brand new tag team champions in jurassic express we're going to be against Silver and Reynolds. We'll talk about that match very shortly. We then had a singles match between Matt Hardy versus Penta El Zero Miedo. As we know, Ray Phoenix is still recovering from that shoulder injury, which I cannot fucking believe. I cannot fucking believe it's not as serious as we thought it was. Like, this dude is not fucking human. It's not human. Because I, I didn't get to talk about it. I just wanted to say that. But... This was another. This was a good match. Um, I, I I gotta say, dude, it's like it's, it's one of those matches that I I realized like, oh yeah, it would be cool to see this, but I never really thought about it. Seeing Matt Hardy wrestle against Penta, it was a damn f- fun match. Uh, and we'll just we'll just move a little bit further into what happened after the match because if I talked about every move, it it'd just be like me recapping every move that happened. But it was just a nice like. You get like this former AEW tag team, like I mean, a former WWE tag team monster versus Penta, who is a tag team expert in his own right. But it's just two different L, uh, styles clashing in terms of uh, how they wrestle. So it was really cool. Um, it was a it was a good uh, like to great match, I think. Um, but basically, afterwards, Penta had a message from Malachi Black, basically saying he's going to teach him about respect. And lights come off. When they come back on, Malachi Black is in the ring, and Ab- Abrahentes gets fucking kicked in the head. Uh, and then as that's happening, the Varsity Blondes come out to even the odds. Uh, Julia Hart comes out with with an eye patch on, st- still suffering from when she got sprayed with the mist. And she's asking for the Varsity Blondes to stop, saying he's had enough. And that's when we cut to Malachi Black, and he's laughing. Lights go off again. And Brody fucking King shows up. They beat up on the Varsity Blondes. And we have now Brody King is aligned himself with Malachi Black. And I think Excalibur said the kings of the Black Throne. The, your, like, your current PWG tag team champions. There you go. Oh, 
another tag team. <laughs> another, another fucking tag team. Tag team. <laughs> another tag team in this company. I marked out. Brody King, it was one of the guys you knew he had signed. It had leaked. Everyone knew it was coming. Oh, they were chanting for it while Malachi was laughing yes. on the floor. Yes, and then Rhodey King kills. I don't understand how Malachi likes to heal. I don't. I don't. They can't. They. It's just not possible. He, he's, he's, he's cheered literally he, every time he comes. He out. is the pun. He is the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like. Whatever Malachi Black does to you, you deserve kind of thing. And I'm not like saying this based on me. That is how the fans react. It's like no one wants to boo this man. So I I, I hope they get that really, really quickly. Unless this man goes and kicks a puppy or some shit, they're not booing Malachi Black. But I think they would yell the puppy deserved it. I'm serious because this dude beat up Arn Anderson and Arn Anderson got booed. And I just didn't think that was possible in this world right now in, in the, uh, his current uh, his current position that he could get booed. I don't. No one wants to boo Malachi Black. I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I know he seems to, you know, really like being into being a heel and everything, but nobody wants to boo him. So you, you know, just like they say with Cody, it's like no one wants to cheer him, turn him heel. I'm not saying turn him face. Lance Archer his ass, but. You know, you can feed him some heels because nobody wants to boo this man. So, no, I, I just, I really love it. And no one wants to cheer the Varsity Blondes. No disrespect to either one of the Varsity Blondes. I think they have bright futures. They're just not at that level where, you know, people. They've had, they've had, they've had, they've had uh, bursts of people being yeah. behind them. But it's just, it's not something that they've been able to maintain. And it may just because of the old school 80s varsity, like, School outfits and stuff like that. Yeah. It just might be because of that. Um, Everybody wants Julia to Hart. I don't know what the deal is with the Julia Hart, possibly like because of the mist that all of a sudden. And there was a little bit of it with Pac too, because he got sprayed too in the eyes. Um, if this mist is supposed to have some other like otherworldly worldly power of like what happens after you get sprayed with this mist, we're getting to like some fiend level territory of like what we're doing with his character. And again, again. Tony, Cody, all of them have said since the beginning that this was going to be a smorgasbord, that you were going to get a little bit of everything. A little bit of mythical shit, I guess. You know, I don't have a problem with it. I was all about the Taker and I was all about Kane. I, sure. You know, I, I mean, did, we I mean, we already had Abaddon earlier. Yeah. Wrestling is wrestling is a beautiful soap opera. And, you know, is I want that to stay out of the title main title pictures. Me personally, I want it to be an extra thing, right? I don't want him to uh, hypnotize a world champion and then give him the belt or anything. I don't want sure. that. That is furthest thing for I want. Well, I, well again, I, like again, it's like with uh, it's like with the fiend too. It's like with characters like that. Why would they want a world title? Mostly, yeah. what they want to do is just like cause havoc. And 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 that's what I'm getting to. Like as long as it becomes this extra thing that you can just cheer or boom Malachi Black, and then when. Whenever you decide he want him in a title picture, whenever you decide you want him in a title picture, it's just a straight wrestling match. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like and just make it make lead, sense and make it make sense. It's just that's important. Like I said, I'm not a huge like the myth of uh, magic and stuff. I'm fine, but you know, like you can go too far and make people check out really, really quickly. Really quickly, so yeah. I don't. I got. I got, I got friends in in my broadcast in, in my broadcasting world who absolutely 
hate anything mystical. My, my, my friend Ryan hates The Undertaker, like, yeah. with a passion. Yeah, and it's just like, people will check out really, really quick on that shit. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to see what uh, AEW does with it. Yeah, and then we had the claimed versus Bear Country, uh, and this was fine. I this thought. Was, it was a match a- that happened. I mean, it was a match that happened, and it set. But what happened to it? It set up when the acclaimed uh, got the win, and they were walking to the back. And then Sting shows up, and that's when Darby Allen comes out with a skateboard, launches himself at uh, Max Caster. Sting goes after Bowens, and they just start beating up each other, and basically just being like, "Yo, stop fucking talking about us." So, like, it, it was a match that happened to set up for that moment after the match. That's, like, I think that's all we can say. Yeah, and, and it was great. It was a great moment, and it looks like they're taking Darby. Darby Allen and Sting are a tag team, which is crazy. Another tag team. Which is crazy because they are being presented, and they're going to go after the tag team titles, it looks like, because they're in the top five, and it's like, that huh. would be fucking insane. I was like, this is not somewhere I thought they were going with Sting. I, I mean, no. I knew he was going to wrestle every now and then, but, you know, to go after a belt, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's a, I guess he's feeling, feeling good with it. But, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how far they go with it. But yeah. we get the pa- we get the pack, video package I was just talking about. He's blindfolded, saying, you might have blinded me, but now I see everything. And it's funny, I'm not angry. I ple- I appreciate the blessing. Because now my perspective is different and my vision has never been so clear. So again, I must ask, are they really going to go with this idea that the black mist that is sprayed from Malachi Black, like, corrupts you? Yeah, and if you saw the card that he had up, or he just said vengeance. I don't remember which one it was. But he said vengeance is his thing. So is he going after Malachi Black or is that going to be the, uh, like, the calling of this Kings of the Black Throne. Because someone was like, well, I wouldn't want Pac to take underneath the uh, Malachi. And I was like, well, Malachi and Brody have been tagging up. So Pac would be, Pac would be the single of that group. And unfortunately, the unfortunately the death triangle never got off its feet and i i do yeah it no it's it, like it was it was because of the pandemic the pandemic injuries every time they tried to get together it was never been able to solidify it i thought that was one of the best factions like when they announced 100%. them I, was, I bought the shirt the first day literally the immediately when they got out and it was like i've worn it like three times i've worn it more times than they've tagged up yeah, and I, I, but then too, like again, like so, you've got the tag team in Brody and Malachi, you've got the singles wrestler in 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 Pack, and then now you have the you possibly have the female talent with Julia Hard. Like, yeah, they would be the most well-rounded faction there is because, well, I guess other than the best friends because they have everybody. OC is the single best friends are the tag team, and you got uh, Chris as the women's division. But yeah, don't they, forget Yuta. Don't forget Yuta. Yuta is the Brandon Cutler. Uh, I'm just saying, once Trent came back, he gets reverted to the Brandon Cutler. But he can he's 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 the uh, uh, he's, no, he's, he's the he's the sixth man. He's like he's like a Cutler plus. Let's call him that. Cutler plus. Fair. Okay, fair. Because <laughs> he can really, really wrestle. I, I look forward to Yuta <laughs> in the future. I think they're gonna do more with him. I think they got plans for him. So Oh and, yeah. And every time he's in the ring, he's very entertaining. So not saying like dissing him when saying it, but you always got that guy that's kind of there to eat pins. And for right yeah. now, that's kind of his position. 
for right now. I want to be clear now for right now. I'm not yeah, saying just for now. Be, yeah. But we then had a backstage segment with uh, Matt Hardy once again. And uh, Matt Hardy was like, look, maybe I'm just too focused on the future of AEW instead of myself. So something's got to change with this. And that's when Andrade Alidolo comes out with Jose and says, like, look, we want uh, to work together. And Matt goes, like, look, I'm intrigued. Let's talk some more. Go to my office. So maybe something going on with Andrade and Matt Hardy. So not sure where that's going to go. I would love Andrade to take over the Holly, uh, Matt Hardy family offices. It, Matt Hardy's great, and he is a very well-rounded character. It this this whole thing. I know it's a mid-level, lower-level heel faction, but it feels stale as fuck. And it's like I never mm, thought Matt Hardy was great with a faction. Yeah. didn't he have that in impact at one point too? Yeah, yes, but if you're gonna be the leader of a faction, you gotta win. You can't be the leader of the faction that always loses. You know what I mean? It's just right. like you, you, somebody in your faction has to be considered the guy. Even if they don't win the big matches, they have to win most of their matches. And it just feels like this whole Matt Hardy thing is stale for me. Yeah, no question. Like Team Taz has surpassed uh, um, Hardy Family Office in terms of like factions. Absolutely. It's no. So I, I would 100% be okay if Matt Hardy moved away with that, especially if he's trying to tease the idea of Jeff Hardy showing up. So I don't know. We'll see if that even comes into anything. We'll get into the main event, though, the interim TNT championship match, because Cody was unfortunately not able to appear on the show because, uh, well, because it's uh, the interim TNT title match. He was not able to appear last on uh, Battle of the Belts, so that's when Sammy became interim TMT champion. I'm only saying all this shit because, again, I missed last week. Um, so David Crockett was there to present the winner of the TNT title after the match. Chris Jericho and the Kingston were ringside for it. Um, <clears throat> this was a damn pretty... This was a pretty dang good uh, main event. Not incredible or anything like that, but it was good, I think. Um, and uh, Sammy Guevara was able to retain the interim TNT title uh, the GTH that he d- used to win the match was interesting. Like he kind of hit him like on like near like the like, top his of his head. Yeah, yeah, near the top of his head. I was like, Jesus, dude, you didn't rotate him enough. It seemed like. Yeah, it's 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 a power move. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's a complete uh, move that uh, you got to have your uh, timing together between the both of them. It was just look like it was a little off. They'll have more matches. I'm a big fan of Daniel Garcia. Uh, I saw him last year WrestleMania weekend at a GCW show, and he came out, and I saw the intensity, and I saw everything in him, and they have done a great job of playing right into what he does as his strength. And this was a this was a really good match, and a perfect a perfect chance for Sammy, you know, to get him a defense in. So that was good. Yeah, and after the match was over uh, and Sammy was able to get the win, uh, 2.0, well, also 2.0 came out attacking Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. And um, despite that, they weren't able to help uh, Garcia uh, win the match. Uh, so Sammy retained. And as David Crockett present, presents the title to Sammy, 2.0 jumps Sammy. Jericho then cleans house with the baseball bat. And that's when Eddie comes in and then just starts going after Jericho again. So Chris and Eddie still don't got peace. And that's how the show went off the air. So I think this was a 
a above average episode of Dynamite. I don't think it was as as like meh as people were saying. Uh, you got a lot of great story elements here. We always talk about like AEW with like the crazy matches or the crazy uh, spots and stuff like that. But there was a good amount of story development with a lot of stuff in this show, which I know a lot of people criticize AEW too with like not having enough like story elements in their matches or stuff like that and just being move, 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 move. So I think AEW was able to do a good mixture of both things and have story elements, but also some good matches uh, with some like big spot moves and stuff like that. So I thought this was above average. You didn't get a ton of star power, but you got some good star power, I think. And I, you're seeing a lot of the future of AWB secure, too. Because, again, I think Wardlow is going to be insane when he's fully uh, on his own. Yeah, I felt like, and this is, might be my, and I realized <laughs> this is something I did. They kind of presented a C show. Like when, you know, like the sh- what they announced for this show. Like when they, yeah, when they yeah, announced and, it. Yeah. yeah, it was like a C show. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, oh, I was expecting an average show. And I felt like we got an above average show. So in my mind, it was a really good show because based on what they announced, based on what we got, it was, it delivered. But hey, you know what? You're not going to satisfy anyone, all everyone all the time. They satisfied me. I'm like, I think, I think the mid show of AEW is better than I, I think their mid show is better than any mid show of any other television show there is. So like, you know, a wrestling show anyway, if you look right. at the wrestling live weekly wrestling shows and you say you count the one of their episodes, that was just an episode or a mid show. I think AEW's level of mid is higher than everyone else's. Yeah, right. no, I, I I do truly think that it's uh, that's I'm I'm on the same page on that regard. Yeah, so I thought, it was, but, like I said, it was a good episode. It set up a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, but we'll move over to AEW Rampage uh, that took place on Friday last week. We opened up the show with Trent Beretta of Best Friends facing off against Adam Cole in singles competition and. We had Britt Baker showing up uh, in to uh, accompany this match as well. Uh, so this was uh, another – this was a dang good match too. I thought these guys did a really good job. Um, also, I got to say too, I wasn't able to comment on this either because it happened last week. I feel bad for uh, – uh, uh, Adam Cole's last match last week against Jake Atlas, dude. Like that – Jake just came back and like – fucking already had to deal with that knee, now has to deal with a knee injury like i felt terrible seeing that uh and i just i wanted to comment on it just because i felt i felt really really bad about it because i i was so that match was going too i thought no no uh and i i, I just thought it was a really good match and uh, uh they were going to storyline that adam cole wants to beat up like any new wrestlers that come because he is the best new wrestler so i thought that was a good storyline it was building up wins. He's the number one contender. Uh, Jake Atlas just has had a shitty couple of years. I know. You know, what? you know what? He is signed to AEW, and it seems like AEW has a plan for what they're going to do with him. And yeah. that being said, that's already better than where he was about six months ago. No question. I, I'm sure the company will take care of him, but it's just a case of yeah, such rotten luck. Because you think about it. Like, 
they have access to the Jacksonville Jaguars medical staff, like a no, professional yeah, yeah, yeah. football team medical staff. So, you know, his knee's going to get taken care of. He's going to come back 100%, and he's going to, you know, shine. I, I truly think the future is super bright for Jake Atlas. And I'm not just saying that. It's just every time I've seen him where he was allowed to work, I've been like, okay, even even when he was with the other company and they would give him a little longer match, I'm like, this dude is good. And I just want people, once he gets time to really establish, really connect with the crowd, I just think sky's the limit for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But getting into this week's Rampage, though, uh, like I said, Trent and Adam Cole really did some great work. Uh, there was a great moment where uh, Trent was uh, trying to get uh, – uh adam cole up but then he got backstabbered on him uh panama sunrise was blocked with a nice suplex and uh and then a lariat moved into it um but eventually uh trent was close uh but basically uh as adam cole got his foot uh outside the ring and got out of it both factions started just going after each other the refs was distracted adam cole hit a low blow on trent got the win uh, so Adam Cole still cannot be beat, but he's being smarmy about it. But I just seen the factions like all outside just going crazy on each other was pretty fucking cool. Um, but yeah, this was a damn good opener. I think Trent is such a great, uh, uh, wrestler and I'm just, I'm just happy he's back. Cause again, like he, he's another guy too, that's had a lot of issues of just being, uh, consistently around. Um, so I was just really happy to see that he was back too. And he's done great work too, since being back. Yeah, when you uh when you start with Adam Cole, his music, that's just a oh good note of yes. a show. It's like it's all about the boom. It's like and the crowd immediately gets into it. The most sleepy, uninterested crowd. All you got to do is play Adam Cole's music. That's all you got to do. And he comes down to the ring, and it's such an interactive, you know, such an interactive promo. You have to wait till he, you know, gets up there, and yeah, and then he's you got to wait for the pause. Yeah, then you got to. Boom, and then he goes in, and you think it's over, and it's like, no, you gotta get the Adam Cole, baby. baby. And it's just like, it's just, it wakes up any crowd, any crowd. It really does. And and like I said, when we were in, we were in Dallas, I believe, uh, they did his entrance, and it's just like, it's a shot in the arm. You know, it's the shot in the arm of the crowd. It's, it's so good. He's, he gets cheered so hard, and then he starts talking, and he gets booed. (laughs) It's yep, so that's amazing. just what happens. Yeah, his entrance is amazing. It re- I always said it reminds me of Triple H's why, uh, the game entrance when yeah. he was a heel and he'd come out and all about the game and he like everybody's into it and then he goes Whoa! and he spits and everybody's doing the, yep. the spit thing and it's like and then he starts talking. I fucking hate you, Triple H. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I, it's amazing the c- crowd control those men have. Oh yeah, no question. But we then move over to a job out match between Sean Spears and Andrew Evett leading into Dynamite this upcoming week where we're going to have Sean Spears versus CM Punk. Uh, Wardlow was being dragged out there by, uh, by Sean Spears. He did not want to come out. Uh, but eventually, he, uh, Sean got the definitive win on the jobber. And it was like, CM Punk, is he really the best in the world? But what about me? I traveled the same roads. I shed blood. I did all this. I was another guy who wasn't supposed to make it. It's like, oh, man, it's like, we don't know what you are, like da 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 da, and like all these kind of things. But it's like I'm the guy who makes that Max says to ensure a message is delivered. So like, look, Punk, I don't play within the lines, and a lot of times I'll cross the line just because. Uh, 
there is going to be no warning. I'll never apologize. I'm the guy you don't see coming. And one swing with my chair. It's the reason why they call me the chairman. You'll remember me forever afterwards. Um, and so he's, he's just talking shit about how uh, the chairman's coming and he's going to beat up CM Punk. Cool. Whatever you say. Uh, so, yeah, that just builds into what we're going to have on this upcoming week on Dynamite. I'm very excited to see. I love Sean and I'm very excited to see Punk and Sean go at it. It's going to be one of my matches that I'm looking forward to the most. Sean is Sean is one of those people that uh, uh, people get mad at me when I say this, that if he was presented differently anywhere else, no one would have a problem with being him being the champion. He has charisma. Yeah, he, he can talk. He can. Uh, He's a wrestle, damn good wrestler. Wrestle, but his name and likeness was destroyed somewhere else. So everybody's like, "Oh, he's a jobber." Yeah, y- you know, it's so funny how that is. It's just how you book somewhere else can affect you forever. But I'm looking forward to seeing Punk versus Sean Spears because I'll say this: these type of people are the people that CM Punk is going to work best with. Yes, they work more his speed. More of a traditional wrestling style. He isn't going to have to keep up with anybody. They're going to wrestle a match, and these are the matches Punk is going to shine in. Oh, yeah. You know, he was fine against Darby. He was fine against a lot of people. But when he fought against Eddie, and it was that straightforward style, I think you'll get a lot more with Deshaun Spears of that. When it's straightforward, that's that's going to work more to see him Punk's strength. Like, one day when he wrestles Hangman, I think that's <laughs> going to be an amazing match because... Yeah. Just straightforward, hard-hitting, needed a face, you know, that kind of match. Yeah, no, I think that'll be great, too. We then get a trios match between, quite honestly, like, the most, like, completely dysfunctional group in Chris Statlander, Red Velvet, and Layla Hirsch versus Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and The Bunny. So this stuff has been developing a lot on AEW Dark and such like that, and they've been sharing a lot of it. Uh, at the start of the match, Le- uh, Layla Hirsch tagged herself in uh, before Chris could even do anything. Uh, Nyla w- went after her at that point at the beginning of the match. Uh, Statlander uh, was then able to uh, get herself into the match. Uh, she almost got the win, but then Layla blind tagged herself in. Uh, and then once again, they didn't. They were arguing about it, and they allowed the bunny to roll up Layla Hirsch, get the win. And it's like these two just cannot work together, and they're getting to the point where they're they're gonna have to fight each other. And yeah, so this this feud is another like we got another women's feud that's not related to the title. This one is interesting because again, I, I love Chris Statlander, and I think Layla Hirsch has shown a lot of great stuff as well. And it's interesting how like it's not kind of what we would expect a, a feud. Uh, not one of the feuds we were expecting for like a, a non-title women's feud, but I would say it's it's getting to the point where it's like I just want to see what a match between them does look like. Um, but it's it's fine. I think it's nothing like outstanding, but it's fine. I think. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the Leia Hirsch full heel turn, and I hope she works with Serena. Oh yeah, like yeah. if those two do stuff together, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I think they I think they uh, work together. They tell a similar style of wrestling and viciousness. And it's just, I, I think we need more team-ups on the women's side, more permanent team-ups on the women's side. I know we got Ty and Anna Jay, and, you know, Penelope and the Bunny is like, they, they're both in different uh, uh, different factions, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's just like, I would like to see the two women, a group of women just tie themselves to each other and just kind of 
run roughshod, just like you know, like with Brit, uh, Rebel, and um, Jamie Hader. It's just like to get more stuff like that. I just think that adds strength to the women's division. Right. Uh, we then move over to Jay Lethal once again confronting Absolute Ricky Starts because uh, he was talking nonstop during the show on commentary about Jay Lethal getting his nose in, in Team Taz business. And he's like, look, you've been talking ever since uh, the episode started. And he's like, look, when you became the FTW champion, I noticed that there isn't a long line of challengers. Um, and I know because AEW doesn't even recognize that title as a legitimate championship. So maybe you're worried about picking your wardrobe more so instead of wrestling. Uh, so I will challenge you for the FTW title. Ricky started screaming and like, I'm going to kick his ass. And they were just, they had to be separated. Uh, I am excited for a Ricky Starks J Lethal match. Uh, and yeah, we get another defense of the FTW championship finally. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Jay Lethal is a phenomenal wrestler. Ricky Starks has not had enough time in the ring. Really, he really hasn't. I just think they he, a lot of people don't get to see what he does. He's very, very good at selling. So putting him in somewhere with the Jay Lethal is going to give him plenty of chances to show what he's good at because Jay Lethal is a phenomenal wrestler. So I am looking forward to that going forward. I am like I'm liking that the FTW belt is being presented more, and it's mm-hmm. like it's like there's so many belts right now. So there's two TNT titles, a world title, two women's titles, a tag team title, and uh, FTW title. I love it. I love it. You people think, oh, you can have too many titles. And then a possible trios title to come in, too. Yeah, I can't have enough titles in my mind. Keep them coming. You know, keep them coming. Well, then it's time for the main event, though, as we get into the first title defense of. I'm going to have to clip that Mark Henry audio, and when we get to the main event, I'm going to have to play it in here. Throw it in, yeah. Yeah, it's time for the main event. It's uh, the fact that it's become a t-shirt, too. Like, I love that Mark's just made that a new thing for him. Dude, if it's not in a video game. It doesn't. It has to be in there. Yeah, like when you're on Rampage, and like let's say you build up to the main event, it's time for the main event. I, I just love it. I love it. It's great. I love it too. We had for the main event of Rampage, the first title defense between of the new tag team champions, uh, Jurassic Express, defending against Dark Orders, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. This was really good. Really, really good. Like, I love Reynolds and Silver, like, the way they team. And seeing them get a title match, too, was also really cool. Um, and they, they did a good amount of work, too. Like, Johnny Hungy will absolutely just, mur- like, do such great work um, on uh, on Jungle Boy at one point. Uh, even Evil Uno at one point was on the outside. And uh, the, the fucking jo- Jungle Boy... Uh, Hurricane Rana over to Evil Uno was insane. I loved that spot. Uh, Luchasaurus got a nice kick uh, on John Silver, which then set up uh, uh, Reynolds to be set up uh, to get taken down, and he was the one who took the fall. And a good, very good title defense to open up for their title reign as tag team champions. Um, and this was a, a damn good way to close out Rampage. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do know that like it's it's gonna be a while i think before like dark order members start getting titles but like seeing them at least compete for them still makes me happy um even though like yeah we haven't seen other than hangman i guess if you want to count that uh we haven't seen any of the members get a championship so we hopefully we get to the point where we see that but this was still a great main event yeah it was great it was like 
I would I was gonna call it the perfect first opponent, but I think uh Hangman and Brian Danielson have broken that. So you know that with that one hour tire limit draw being the uh, first opponent, yeah. you're never gonna be able you can never say it's the perfect first opponent because that was so perfect it, it blows anything else out of the water being perfect. Yeah. But it's damn near perfect because everything that Jurassic Express does well, that's what uh, that's what uh, the Beaver Boys or John Silver and Alex Reynolds does well. So they worked perfectly together, and it was a great match, and it showed why Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are the tag team champions, that perfect mix of size and speed. And, I, yeah, I really enjoyed the match. I really enjoyed the match. I as well. But that will do it for AEW Rampage. And just this, episode, this week of AEW, uh, we're going to get into the previews for next week's Dynamite real quick, we have, of course, the Sean Spears and CM Punk match. Uh, Serena Deeb is going to be action, and she's going to take on Sky Blue. We're going to get another Sting and Darby tag team match as they take on the Acclaimed. The Varsity Blondes will be in action taking on Malachi Black and the debuting Brody King. We get the return of John Moxley, and we have the return of Cody Rhodes, which I know Floyd is disappointed in the fact that it's kind of like underbilling of the fact yeah what the what the heck what the heck okay you got your tnt champion your savior of professional wrestling cody rhodes coming back and it gets overshadowed by mox moxley eh. he's gonna come out <laughs> there in a dirty shirt and a vest and play a 80s song and everybody's gonna get everybody's gonna go all crazy you know cody's gonna come out to his song with his music and fireworks and american flag that's who you should be cheering okay cody rhodes the american nightmare that's you who be she gonna be on the building they even move cody out of the little video package for tomorrow god dang it i was not happy i'm hoping it's cody versus mox mox needs to be humbled by this uh prince of pro wrestling <laughs> uh but uh yeah so varsity blondes and malachi and black yeah you had to actually watch dark elevation because they haven't announced it anywhere on twitter no the dark elevation it was uh, like they did an interview and yeah and brian pillman and uh brian pillman and uh griff garrison said we're gonna beat your ass tomorrow on black and then uh, on, on dark and i'm watching it and then Danhausen's tags Brody King and he says the blonde guys said they're gonna beat you up tomorrow. I just thought I should let you know. <laughs> Dan Housen is a snitch tagger. He is a, a snitch. snitch. No a, question. Dan Housen is a snitch. He snitched on the varsity blondes. Maybe they were gonna sneak attack Malachi Black and maybe yeah, but no, can't happen because Dan Housen told on him. No, uh, I just thought it was funny because. That's why I tell people like me and a friend get in so many arguments about whether dark and dark elevation should be appointment viewing. Yes, it should be. I, I just think it adds so much color to the product and you get to see people win. So like if you only watch the show and you'd be like, "Why wow, Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. Uh, yeah. They haven't been on in months, but no, they've been wrestling and they've been winning. <laughs> You yeah, just haven't have. you just haven't seen it because it's all dark and dark elevation. So if you have a time to take an hour out of the day, it's a very quick hour. 
uh, a lot of times when you're just watching random videos on YouTube, just put on that video and then do the other thing while it's playing. And, you know, you can catch all the kind of stuff. But I thought it was really good. I'm really looking forward to that match. Really looking forward to Brody King. Again, size. Size at the beginning of this of AEW was an important thing. And, man, have they added size to this company. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. A lot of big men. Brody King's a huge man. So uh, I'm looking forward to where this thing with Malachi Black is going with Brody King and the Kings of the Black Throne. Uh, buy all the Malachi Black gear because I think all his gear looks cool, especially if you're into the dark gothy stuff. But right. I think it hits a definite tone there. So, yeah, I just I'm like I'm, I'm rambling now because I'm really excited about to to I guess at this point it's today. Yeah, no, at this point, yeah, when we're recording this, it is going to be on today. But we're got, we got a little bit more of some headlines and some news that we want to talk about real quick before we wrap this episode up. So, Floyd, tell me right now. I know we, got, we still got more Cody stuff we got to talk about, so we'll get into that real quick. So, apparently, Cody's contract expired earlier this month. Uh, I guess it was, a, what, I think it's a three-year deal, and it expired. So, uh, he hasn't re-signed. So he is technically a free agent. I, I, I don't work yourself in this shoot here. Like, this, is, this is a story. It's line. like, oh, yeah. uh, when, when before Moxley was announced to be returning, it's like, oh, Moxley and uh, and Danielson aren't uh, appearing in the Rumble. They didn't. They didn't. Say, they didn't say uh, Dean Ambrose isn't appearing in the Rumble. It's like or only. Yeah, or only if uh, Glenn, they, only if they get Glenn Jacobs to play him. Yes, that was a pretty funny line. I love that joke. That was yeah, really good. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, don't 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 get all excited. Everybody was getting excited. I'm like, Cody's not going anywhere. Like, I mean, yo, you, can y'all you want, can y'all chill? If y'all want a fantasy book? Go for it, dudes. Sure. The dudes, TBS and TNT wouldn't let it happen. The no. dude has all his own reality show that's been renewed for a second TV. Go season. Big Show, yeah. He's on the Go Big Show. <laughs> and, like, dude, he is so synonymous with AEW. I, I Shit, I think Tony Khan would have to go before Cody goes. You know Literally. What I mean? Because he's so locked up into everything that's AEW. He runs the community thing. He does this. Cody's not going anywhere. It. He's just not. He's just not. He's really like, just like, not. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just like, I mean, some people might want him to go, but he is so, he has made sure he is a very integral piece of how AEW runs. And he said it. He doesn't have a backup plan. He said that so many times. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it, dude. Like, I love, I love speculating who's going to be in the Rumble and all that kind of stuff. But, like, some of these you got to be a little bit more realistic with, at least so you don't disappoint yourself. Because, like, I love the Rumble. Yeah. And I always want to predict, like, oh, shit, who's going to show up. But, like, don't try to think of, like, people that, like, literally couldn't, is, are for sure not showing up. Because then you're going to be disappointed when some people do show up. And, like, yeah. I, like, the Rumble's fun. I, I more than anything else in the world, the Rumble is one of the most fun times. So like, try to enjoy it and don't like psych yourself out with like, oh my God, see a puck's gonna show up in the Rumble or some shit. Yeah, so I am going to be at the Rumble. So don't you think I would get a kick out of that? You hear that uh, Cody Rose music hits and he comes out there? And, yeah, I get what? a kick. I, I get a yes, kick out of it for a moment. And then, then I'd realize he wasn't in AEW anymore, and then I'd probably start crying a little bit. Right. Yeah, but no, he's not going anywhere. Uh, he's slammed up AEW. He's back. The only reason the contract's not signed is because he had COVID. 
So <laughs> he hadn't had a chance to sign it yet. That's how that's how I see it. That's fan again, fan. No insider yes. information. Uh, I saw some dude. Uh, I saw some dude, and he might, he might. But somebody's like, I know Cody, so I know. He, I was like, oh, okay, okay, right. sure. yeah, yeah. It was just like on a Facebook group. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. So you're all, you know Cody. So you're on a Facebook fighting with people. I don't. Uh, yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, but no, it was it was crazy. Uh, three new on sale dates, and I am going to try to get better at making sure I have this information in each show for the end of the show. Uh, March 9th, Fort Myers. March 16th, San Antonio. Mar- uh, January. I mean, I got it's March 23rd. Somehow I got January 21st. March 23rd. 22 is Cedar Park, Texas. All those tickets go on sale Friday. That means there will be a pre-sale Thursday. I am only saying this not because I support the site or anything like that, but if you want to get codes to get pre-sales, make sure you sign up for All Elite Fleet and you are following at WrestleTix. That's at WrestleTix. They generally will post the pre-sale codes and they also post you know the ticket setups and they sell how they sell and all that kind of stuff so make sure you're following at wrestle ticks if you don't have any other way to get the pre-sale codes they usually post them in the link and it's about an hour or two uh before the tickets go on sale so make sure you follow in there and make sure you're going to the shows if they're in your area. Uh, I am doing less shows this year, which I don't actually know what that means. I don't even know how to do that, but I am doing <laughs> less shows this year. So uh, yeah, I'll let you know when I'm going to be at places and hopefully you tag us when you're going to be at places. Yeah. And I will patiently and unpatiently wait for Brandy Rhodes to finally get into a room with people and, book that detroit show that she's so like adamant that's happening because i don't i don't fucking see the damn thing dude uh it, it it seems like like the markets that they're hitting they're almost oversaturating because that's what shit, i'm saying shit this is gonna be what the 10th show in texas in like a year i get <laughs> texas is big but like for the love of god brand <laughs> she's from detroit yeah make so. that shit happen uh, you know, there I'm are home. arenas that you can sell out. There's Van Andel, like, dude, like, I would be fucking fine if you just randomly decided to do Pine Knob. Do Pine Knob since they just renamed that building. Like, that's a fucking amphitheater. Do that shit. It makes no sense, but do it. Like, just show the fuck up. Uh, okay. See, he wants you. You, you know what? You sold. You got two tickets. You sell right there. Well, three, because I have said, and I mean this, the moment. I know that there's going to be a show in Detroit. The champ will be there. Floyd will be in Detroit. Yes. We'll add uh, my first trip into Michigan. Uh, so I am looking forward to that. So uh, Maybe they're just waiting for the weather to chill out. That I would understand because it's fucking freezing up here. Yeah, they, they tend to be – they're keeping it warm. If you look at their locations, you know, <laughs> they are they are staying south. You know, yes. and it's, it's like so they are trying not to be in the freezing weather. Uh, I'm looking forward to Detroit and California. Those are my big ones, uh, big ones for me, because I just, you know, want them to go to the West Coast. The yeah. Young Bucks getting to work at home would be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Jackson. But that, I think, will do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Guys, thank you so much once again for tuning in every single week to All Things Elite. Continue to download this show on Google, Apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and you can leave a donation through Red Circle. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with that all out of the way, I will go ahead and send it over to Floyd so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Yes, for all of you, thank you for listening to us and coming with us uh, on this journey that we take weekly. Uh, yeah, any download, anytime listening, very greatly appreciated. I am just going to do what we've been doing for way too long. Make sure if you haven't, get vaccinated, get boosted, uh, look out uh, look out for each other. And if you are a person that prays, send a special prayer up to my friend, Preston, he is in the ICU on a ventilator, and I am just hoping that for good news. But just know this shit is real. This shit is real. Uh, this And you need to take care of yourself. So I'll definitely want you to do that. And I will leave you as I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be a leader. 